0: There's one book where I've read where they're in Stanley Park and they literally turn the corner and they're in Granville Island and you just kind of stop you're like, hmm, all right, sure. Welcome to Keep It Fictional, a weekly podcast for book lovers by book lovers. Build your to-be-read list with Sadie, Liz, Virginia, Fiona, and Corrine from the Port Moody Public Library. Warning, This podcast contains strong opinions and may cause an increase in your library holds list. Hello, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Keep It Fictional from the Port Moody Public Library. My name is Sadie, and I am very happy, as always, to be here with all of my wonderful book friends to talk all about books, because what could be better? What could be better for a Wednesday afternoon or any afternoon than talking all about books? So today I am joined by Fiona, by Virginia, Kareen, and Liz. So thank you everyone for joining me today. And for our topic today, I think that we've talked about um, a couple times why we pick certain topics? Is it because we have a book on our red list that we think would be really good for the topic and we'd love to talk about? Is it because we don't have a book that falls under this category and we'd like to try something in this category? Or is it for another reason entirely? Maybe we want to try and trick our colleagues because we don't think that they would want to read something like this. I don't know if that's ever been behind the decision. (laughs) Uh, But for today's topic, it was one that I picked because I was so sure that I had so many books on my list that would fit this topic, and I would be able to just look at the list, pick my favorite one, and be able to talk about that. It's not exactly how it worked out for me. As I was going through my two, my red list a couple weeks ago, I realized that I didn't want to talk about any of the books that I had read that fit this topic. So I did end up reading a brand new one, but we will get to that later. Uh, so our topic for today is all about traveling and books that have to do with traveling or have to do with going on vacation. And I think that generally the summer is a wonderful time to talk about these kinds of books because often people are going on lots of vacations, are on lots of Uh, going on travels. Um, And even this year, as things start to open up a little bit more, I think this might be a nice time to talk about uh, these travel books as people start to envision what their future travels might look like again. So they maybe read books about places that they want to go so they can plan their trips and plan their journeys for the future. All right, well, why don't we get right into it? And th- today I'm going to start with Liz. So Liz, why don't you tell us what you have brought for our travel book today?
1: Well, Sadie, like you, I also thought, great, a travel episode. I'll have tons of books to read for this one or to choose from rather that I have already read. Um, that didn't seem to be the case for me either. Or, um, or I didn't want to talk about them or I had already talked about them because I love travel so much. Um, But I dug a bit deeper and I realized, you know what, there is not just one book, but actually a set of books. It's not a series, but a set of books that um, are all travel related by the same author that I thought this might be a great opportunity to talk about them. Um, So these books are by a cartoonist, author, animator named Guy Delisle, and he is French-Canadian, but he has traveled all around the world. And this is in part due to his profession. So as an animator, um, he has worked in with different animation studios around the world. And also his wife was working with Doctors Without Borders. So you can imagine that they are a very well traveled family. As I mentioned, there are a number of books that Guy Dalila has done chronicling his travels around the world. One is called Shenzhen, a travelogue from China, The Burma, Chronicles. So he's been, he's been a bit off the beaten path here. Uh, Jerusalem, Chronicles from the Holy City, and probably one of my favorites out of the bunch, uh, Pyongyang, A Journey in North Korea. Yeah, Ski Dalil was hired by an animation company, I believe, from France, so France French, and he ended up going to North Korea in order to develop some sort of animated film, which I'm pretty sure he's not really allowed to talk about in detail. It was a fascinating look. He His cartoon style is a bit on the cartoonish uh, as opposed to the realistic spectrum, but he doesn't miss many details. Although his art style is a bit sparse, he has a really observant uh, eye and just observancy about human nature. So for example in Pyongyang he really brings the humor to everyday situations um, that for a foreigner like himself are bizarre about how a North Korean citizen is playing popular songs for him which he says are like a cross between O Canada and some other sort of folk song and she's really into it and really, you know, trying to get him to move to the beat. And they're all about their dear leader. He's had his possessions searched at the airport while he was entering the country. And the uh, the customs person or the airport uh, staff asked him what kind of music he had on his CD in his Discman. This is going back a ways. And it was an Aphex twin CD. And he was trying to explain to this person, well, It's like jungle music, but then you have some classical in there. Even simple observations about everyday life, like how the streets are incredibly clean and far from deserted, and yet there's no congregating. People don't stop in the street to talk to each other. People aren't socializing. They are out and about on transit or in a car or on the street just to get from point A to point B. And hey, Sunday seemed to be the best week, day of the week even in North Korea. Apparently on that day, you get two channels on the television set to choose from, as opposed to the one the other six days of the week. So Gita uh, his works are a delight. He he's able to show off the very sort of poignant, serious side of observations about what it's like to be in a different country, to experience a different culture, particularly in the eyes of a foreigner. But yet at the same time, he brings some lightness to the situation because indeed he's the foreigner who doesn't really know anything about this country, but he does have keen observations that kind of make you go, huh, I didn't think about it that way, or, oh, that is kind of funny. Um, So if you do enjoy graphic novels, if you enjoy travel logs, uh, if you enjoy learning more about different places, but yet see the humor in everyday life and enjoy that as well, uh, please do check out Thie Delil's works, uh, including Pyongyang, A Journey in North Korea.
0: Wonderful, thank you, Liz. That definitely sounds really interesting. Kind of. So I'm curious, so that's two out of the five of us that were quite confident that we had something that fit this category, and then realized that maybe we didn't. How are how the rest of the rest of us feeling about this category? Was it difficult to find a topic, or to find a book that fit the topic, or did you? Was it easy? Karine's shaking her head. Bit easier, Karine. Oh no, I nailed, nailed it. it. Nailed, nailed it. it. <laughs> Simple, easy. I walked over
2: to my <laughs> stacks and I was like, "Well, yeah, fine, got it. There no go. problem." There we go. All right,
0: All right, easy for Karine. Uh, Fiona, what about you? Was it an easy topic to find something for? Yeah, it was it was
3: pretty easy. This for me, uh, I picked a book that I've been wanting to talk about for a while and haven't found a place for it to fit. So it's not like exclusively specifically about travel, but it is set in it like a a locale which the uh, characters travel to. So, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I want
0: to talk about this. I'll make it fit. <laughs> like we, we might do that a lot on this uh, on this podcast is make things fit the category that a <laughs> little bit of a bend but still works still works and what about you Virginia was this a topic that you found you had a lot of books already for did you have to read something specifically for this category
4: I was confident that I have no books about traveling or vacation <laughs> that's how confident I am so I Excellent. like Fiona maybe even worse than Fiona I'm totally stretching this definition of traveling because there is driving involved I, I would say that so
0: that is travel. I mean, that gets you from somewhere to somewhere else. Absolutely. She's seen as travel. <laughs> Excellent. Well, why don't we go with someone who was extremely confident about our topic? Corrine, why don't you let us know what book you have selected?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm excited to know what all these cheaters came up with, um, except for Liz. Liz is in the clear on this one. Well done, Liz. Yeah, I love a log. I especially love a log that's a little bit more, not just someone recounting of like, and then I went here and then I ate this because I've got Instagram for that. I don't need that in book format. I really like a log that is either like a natural history or like a social commentary or that kind of delves in a little bit deeper to the country or region that a person is visiting. And they get double points if they make it funny. So obviously the king of this genre is Bill Bryson, Walk in the Woods, uh, the other one that's on my bookshelf that I almost grabbed but thought it would be too obvious. But in my mind, I am also crowning co-regent of this particular genre uh, for Sarah Vowell. Sarah Vowell is an American journalist, essayist, um, social commentator, and probably the most famous for being the voice of Violet in The Incredibles. Yes, she was a grown woman when she did that, but yes, she also has a very distinct voice. And you could almost hear her reading the essays that she writes in her book. And in fact, I think they would make amazing audiobooks. Um, she has two fantastic travel journeys that she embarked on, one of them being assassination vacation, where she travels to different places where U.S. presidents have been assassinated and just kind of talks about the history of these presidents and kind of the different things that you can see there and it's an absolute delight but the one that i happen to have on my bookshelf was unfamiliar fishes which was inspired by vowel's vacation to hawaii and as she's sitting down looking at her plate that she has been given she's there on vacation with her sister and her nephew and she looks down at this glob of macaroni this horrible disgusting looking macaroni, this American food next to all the delicious other Hawaiian foods that are being offered to to her. And she just thinks, how did we get here? Why are we here? Why? And this book, as she says very helpfully herself, summarizing in the first couple of pages, is that this book tells the story of how Americans and their children spent the 78 years between the arrival of Protestant missionaries in 1820 and the American annexation in 1898, Americanizing Hawaii, importing our favorite religion, capitalism and our second favorite religion Christianity it is the story of how Hawaiians withstood these changes and how the Hawaiian ruling class willingly participated in the process so it is not maybe a traditional travel log although vowel does go to different important places in Hawaii it's more of a history of American imperialism in Hawaii but also the other countries that they were conquered conquering at the same time. So how Hawaii became kind of looped into this frenzy of grasping up territories at a very specific time. It is at at the same page, heartbreaking on another sentence down, really funny. Um, She just kind of skewers everything about what happened in Hawaii. Um, And in a very sympathetic and a very um very kind of like deep way she doesn't shy away from what happened in Hawaii and to the native Hawaiians and what is continuing to happen she digs a little bit deeper to make sure that you you get all sides of that particular story and understand kind of the tragedy of what happened there Um, I really enjoy Sarah Vowell's writing it is deeply, deeply troubling for me that she hasn't written a book in such a long time. I hope she's busy on something, but it it is well worth visiting uh, unfamiliar fishes if you've ever been to Hawaii or if you're planning to go to Hawaii to kind of understand Hawaii's place in history and kind of where the, the tension between different groups on that particular territory are and why they are there. And I think it will also uh, really encourage you to to seek out and support the work of Native Hawaiians in protecting their own lands and their own environments. So I, I can't recommend it enough. It's so good. I love Sarah Val. I would definitely recommend picking up Assassination Vacation as well if you like American history and assassination vacations. You know, it might be a very small Venn diagram, but it's absolutely worth it for. Uh, Sarah Bell's very distinct voice and take on things.
0: Well, I was going to say, who doesn't like assassinations and vacations? So I think that, yeah.
2: Probably the people who were assassinated.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Corrine. It's so wonderful to hear you talk so passionately about that author and about the books as well. So definitely some wonderful travel logs there. All right. Well, next I am going to talk about my book, and um, as I said I did read uh, a book that I had not read before for this um, for this week and it was a novel I've gone the fiction route with travel so it is a fiction book but it does um, involve travel around the world to many different locations and this book is called beautiful ruins a novel by jess walter um, and our story is told in a way that i absolutely love which is a variety of different people's perspectives over a variety of years um, and so our book our story starts in italy on the coast of italy in a small fishing village called porto Vergogna, and it is in 1962 and we meet one of our protagonists Pasquale and he has recently returned from Florence where he was studying because his father passed away and so he has returned to Porto Vergogna to help care for his mother and to help run the very small hotel that his family owns on this very very in this very small fishing village he is determined to make this hotel a success And uh, one of the ways that he is planning on doing that, something that his father really wanted, was to draw in the Americans, to draw in the American crowd, to bring in the tourists, because they believe that that is the way that they're going to make this hotel a success. But before he can do that, he has to make a few adjustments. And one of the current adjustments he is making is he is trying desperately to build a beach for his hotel. Uh, It is a tiny village. It is all like maybe a dozen little houses. It's a fishing village. There's no beaches anywhere. So he is desperately trying to make a beach. And it is during one of his experiences trying to make this beach when his life will basically change forever. And it changes by the arrival of an American actress named Dee Moray. And Dee arrives on a boat and they, at first, they're a little bit confused, thinking, is she supposed to be here? Maybe she's supposed to be on the ne- next port over at the actual tourist location. But Pasquale does not care about that because she is the most stunning, most beautiful woman that he has ever seen. And he is absolutely captivated by her. Now, he start, goes on to learn that D is unfortunately not there for a good reason. So D has been diagnosed with Uh, stomach cancer. And she is there to find a quiet place before she goes on to Switzerland to do some treatment. Um, So Pasquale brings her up to the hotel, shows her to her room, uh, tries to make conversation with her. She's very quiet, very reserved, uh, very sick looking and feeling and doesn't really want to talk to him. But over the next couple of days, Pasquale learns that the story that he has been told is maybe not exactly what's going on. So accompanying uh, Dee More was a letter from a man named Michael Dean. And Michael Dean is working in Rome on the movie Cleopatra, starring Elizabeth Taylor and Robert Burton. Robert Burton? Richard? Richard, (laughs) thank you. Richard Burton. (laughs) Um, And he has sent this letter along with Dee, who was also working on the movie, uh, basically saying that she will be going to Switzerland. Please provide her with a nice place. They bring in a doctor at one point because Dee is not doing very well. And they learn that stomach cancer might not actually be what Dee is suffering from because there are many symptoms that are very similar between stomach cancer and early pregnancy. So Pasquale learns that Dee is in fact pregnant. Dee does not know this. She has been told that she has cancer and that she is needing to go for treatment. We are now moved ahead many, many decades to the more recent past. It does not give us a year. It just says that this takes place recently to LA in the sometime in the 2000s. And we meet Claire. Claire is a production assistant for Michael Dean. And Claire is a little bit fed up with her work and with her life. She has been working for Michael Dean for a few years now. She dropped out of art school to try and make it in the film industry. And it's just not at all, what she had thought it was. Michael Dean, while he was attached to some big movies like Cleopatra, is now not. Um, his projects are few and far between. The ones that he is currently working on called Hookbook is a online dating reality TV show, and Claire is just not not interested in that kind of work. So she has made a deal with herself. She has been offered a position at an art museum. And she makes a deal that if on the next Friday, where many people come in to pitch movies, if there is not one brilliant pitch, then she is going to leave. She's going to leave and she's going to go and take a job at this art museum. So on Friday comes and there's terrible, terrible pitches and she's ready to pack up and leave. And then two people show up at the studio, a young man named Shane and an old Italian man named Pasquale. Shane has a pitch for a cannibalistic historical uh, drama that he is wanting them to make. And Pasquale tells a wild story about an actress that he used to know. Now, Claire is, is pretty sure it's a pitch for a movie, but she can't quite tell. She, she It's not exactly what she's looking for until Shane, who spent a year in Florence, starts to translate and they realize that it is not in fact a pitch for a movie. It is the young man, Pasquale, who lived in Porta Vergogna, who is now trying to track down the actress, Dee Mori that he had met those decades before. So our story follows Pasquale, Our story follows Dee, it follows Claire, and it follows the now decades older Michael Dean as they try to track down this actress. It follows a gentleman named Pat who travels through Scotland trying to make a career as a musician. I won't tell you his connection to all of it, but he is connected to them as well. And it travels all throughout the world. So they go to Italy, they go to Scotland, they go back to the US, they go to LA, to Idaho, trying to track down. This di Moray and figure out what happened to her after she left Pasquale in Italy. Uh, it was a really beautiful story. I, I lo- absolutely loved the ending. Um, without giving away too much, I feel like it did what a lot of times we want a book to do, where it literally wraps up every single story that it is presented in a very satisfying, just happy way. Um, Even though not all of the stories may end happily, you just have that kind of satisfaction that you know what happened to every little piece of this story and all of the people that were involved. It can be a very devastating story at times. There is illness, there is uh, death, there's characters that continuously make these terrible choices that affect other people and you just want to yell at them to stop doing it and they never do but yeah i really really enjoyed it uh the characters are super relatable um even if you haven't had that experience they just you want them to succeed and you want you want them to find their happiness um yeah i would definitely recommend beautiful ruins by jess walters if you're just looking for a historical modern at the same time beautiful romantic kind of story.
3: I feel like a good like this has a good ending. It's such a great recommendation. It makes me want to read some.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And it takes you all over the world. So if you're wanting to travel in book form. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, before we get to our final two slightly bending the book to fit the topic um, picks today. I do have a possibly existential question for everyone, possibly not existential. I think uh, Fiona said that this was the first time that you were maybe happy about the question that we were going to be as asking today. So might not be quite as existential. as uh, so what I'm wanting to know from our team, from our panel is, do you tend to read books about places that you have already been? Do you enjoy the familiarity of reading about somewhere that you know that you've been before? Or do you like to read books about places that you haven't been, Something somewhere maybe that you want to visit and explore new places or new worlds even through the books that you read or neither, or maybe both? Where, where do you fall on that uh, that question? I've got feelings. <laughs> All right all right, Corinne, what are, what are the feelings?
2: My, I don't like reading books about places that I've been at all, at all. Like I avoid books that take place in Vancouver and I get like strangely angry when I'm like, oh, they're talking about Marple, aren't they? Like, oh, talking about like downtown. How could you? Um, And I think that might be because, like, I have some very distinct or particular feelings associated with places that I visit or places that I've been. And when I come up against something that really just, like, is the opposite of what I felt about when I was there, I'm like, no, it's wrong. Even though it absolutely is not wrong. Everyone has their own feelings and own experiences of different places, but somehow it's – I just – it grates against me and so I really really prefer to uh read about places that I have never been before um because it also makes me want to visit them it helps me discover other places that that should go on my to be traveled to
3: list so that's that's my bit all right Fiona I love reading about places that I've been (laughs) it's one of my like favorite things in a book um it's you know, it's great if it's somewhere you've lived and, and you're like, Oh, I know that street they're talking about. Just being in the know is fun. Uh it's also exciting when it's somewhere that you visited on vacation. But I think like I'm like I know that's something why that I love, but I can't necessarily pin down why. And I think that it might just be because it's part of it helps visualize me visualize things where like I if I'm just sort of like have to make it up, it's sort of like, I don't really know. I don't have a concrete idea. Whereas when it's a very like specific real place to you, you can see it happening.
0: That makes sense. Virginia, Liz, where do you fall on this particular
1: topic? I'm going to sit on the fence as usual. Uh, I know. Shocker, uh, what does this say about my life? Let's not talk about that. Um, yeah, so for certain places, I think I really love um, reading about them in fiction. So for example, Japan, because I feel like I've just barely scratched the surface and it's it's neat to, um, you know, like Fiona said, situate yourself um, within a story and be like, oh, it kind of feels like I'm standing here on the street in this neighborhood. Um, but at the same time, maybe discover things about the place, about the customs, about um, everyday life that maybe as a foreigner, I wouldn't know just by dropping in on an airplane or reading The Lonely Planet Guide. Uh, That being said, I love reading about new worlds, fictional worlds. Um, I just
0: love to read. Sorry, this is not very helpful. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Just reading in general is... It's good for Liz. (laughs) All right, Virginia, what do you think?
4: I have like no feelings about this question because you all know I don't like to travel. So I will never read so that I can go to a place or I will not pick up a book because it's about a place I've been to. It just doesn't. So that's that part of it doesn't attract me. I mean, I love books that are set in different places, but. It's not for reasons of, oh, one day maybe I'll go there, or it doesn't inspire me to go there. It's just like, great. It's a place I can go to in books at home. I don't have to go there. Excellent. So good. So, yeah.
0: So, more of the armchair traveler, Virginia.
4: Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I have to fall uh, with Liz on this one. I do, I, I kind of am on the, the fence. I enjoy both. I, I love reading about books especially about places that I am really, really familiar with. And especially if they don't name it specifically, and you can kind of figure it out based on a variety of other things. There is a um, mystery series that I think I've talked about, um, or a couple of us have uh, by Iona Wishaw that takes place in the Kootenays. And um, it is in a fictional town, but that is based on a real place in the Kootenays. Um, so it is fun in those situations. I, I love trying to figure out exactly where they have set. They have set their uh, their story. Um, so, yes, I do love reading about the familiar. I find it absolutely hilarious. Um, kind of opposite of what you said, Corrine, reading about places in Vancouver where they'll talk about certain areas, but where they'll get it wrong, which I love. There's one book where I've read where they're in Stanley Park and they literally turn the corner and they're in Granville Island. And you just kind of stop you're like, hmm, all right, sure. (laughs) So I I find it quite funny to read things that uh, either have changed the geography to fit their story or (laughs) maybe are not quite as familiar with it. Uh, But then same, I I love reading about books set in other places that I want to travel. Um, I especially love reading about books in places that I have been but want to explore more. And so um, reading about other, other parts of a country or other parts of that area that I have yet
2: to get to experience it's funny you mentioned the vancouver thing because i was reading a book when they mentioned a particular area in vancouver like oh they have all the best restaurants and i was like
3: (laughs) (laughs) beg to disagree Mm -hmm. (laughs) i find it really jarring when movies are set in vancouver and they and then like you're walking down a street and then you like oh now you're at ubc and it's like no that street does not lead to ubc I read Seth Rogen's autobiography and then I watched a bunch of his movies and one of them was set in Vancouver, very, no, it was filmed in Vancouver, very clearly. And then one of the characters is like, and I've never even been to Canada. Like, you just walked across
0: Lionsgate Bridge.
3: Where are you supposed to be?
0: (laughs) Wonderful. All right. Well, back to our book selections and I'm going to go to Virginia next. So I'm curious how you have twisted the book, how you have fit the book to fit our travel category today, Virginia?
4: By taking it literally, like there is driving involved, like I mentioned, because I think with all the books, I, when I look at the books I read, I'm like, well, they're either haunted cruise. I have haunted vacation resort. I have honeymoon went wrong into some sort of fever dream. I have all of those, but Maybe not. And not that the one that I pick is any better. So yeah, but I didn't go with a horror. I go with something else. Um, anyway, so I thought I would pick one because I don't really have a good traveling like vacation book. So I thought I would pick one that is a good summer read because it is one of those edge of your seat kind of thriller. It is a quick read. It doesn't have too much mental gymnastics involved. It's just, you know, it's just a book that you enjoy. But more importantly, it is a summer read because it fits Sadie's definition of what a good summer read is, which is for those of us who have not been very happy with the weather for the last month or so, it seems like it's been eons. For those of us who do not like hot, Sadie's sage advice is to go pick up a book that is set in the winter, set in the cold so that you can feel the cold coming from the pages, so that you can trick your brain into thinking that it is not actually that hot out there. And that is why I chose for today No Exit by Taylor Adams. So this is a thriller about Darby, and Darby is, here's the traveling part, she's driving home just before Christmas, and she knows this is not a good day to travel because it is snowing quite hard when she set off, but there was a family emergency, so she has to go home. However, as she was driving along, the snow got worse and worse, And then she found out that they had to close the roads because it was so many accidents. They couldn't get the snowplows there. And it was just, it was all stuck. They can't let anybody go on the road anymore. So she has no choice but to stop at a rest stop and spend the night there. When she got to the rest stop, she got to the parking lot and she saw that there were a few other cars there. So she's not alone in being pretty much stranded. She walked inside the visitor center and she saw four people there. And she introduced herself and they introduced themselves and, you know, they made some small talk. And then she realized, wait, I should probably call my sister to let her know that I will be late. So she took off her phone and she realized there's no reception in the building. So she's like, OK, maybe I'll try outside. So she head back out into the snow, into the cold and try to see if she could find a signal. But nothing is working. So she's like, okay, so I have to like, you know, try again later. So she was walking back into the visitor center when she noticed that in one of the cars, there was a little girl and the girl is not really moving, but she looks like she's in some sort of cage. Is that a cage? And then of course, and she slowly realized, wait, who is this little girl? And why is there a child in a car? And then wait, one of these cars they belong to the people that are inside. Wait, is one of them a kidnapper? And then I'm gonna be spending a night with a potential child kidnapper. And whose car is this? And that is the premise of this thriller. Yeah. If you're looking for a page turner, this is it. Like, like I remember reading it and it was just like it was intense throughout the whole thing because all the stuff that I just told you probably happened in the first 10 pages so super intense pretty graphic so I'm gonna warn you on that there's some graphic scenes there so may not be for everybody but if you love a book that reads like a movie like this is it like Taylor Adams writing is very cinematic it's like you know so you can basically see you can totally visualize it and plot twists. Plot twists that make sense, because I hate when they throw in a plot twist that, yeah, sure, you cannot see it coming, but it also doesn't fit the logic of the story. And I feel like the plot twist that he put into this book totally makes sense and it fits. So it was really great to have a book like that. And I think the whole idea that all of this action happens in one tiny little rest stop that there's like nowhere to go and everything happens inside it's almost a feel like they're like totally stranded and so really up the ante on the intensity and the pressure of Darby trying to figure out like what's going on and like whose kid is this and you know who is the kidnapper like who is this thing and and it's great to see how she's pretty resourceful And some reviewers even like kind of call her the Lady MacGyver. Like, you know, so she has to find a way with the very limited things in this visitor center to help her survive the night. So if you are looking for, and of course, most importantly, it's a blizzard, there's a blizzard going on, it's super cold. And so if you are looking for a book for the summer, you can't go wrong with No Exit by Taylor Adams.
0: So I actually, when I was trying to pick a book for this week, I almost went with one that was set in the winter because of that very reason. So I can relate to your choices, Virginia. It was tempting to just find something that was set in the snow and the cold or in the the autumn, the crisp air, something like that. So I I can relate. And I think that set at a rest stop, rest stops are known on like road trips. So I think, I think it fits travel. Thank you. Others might, might not agree, but (laughs) I think it does. (laughs) Thank you so much, Virginia. All right. For our final pick today, I'm going to pass it over to Fiona and let us know what you have brought for us for your travel pick.
3: Okay, yeah, I'm definitely feeling like my mind fits travel a, a little bit better after Virginia's. <laughs> um, so I have chosen a YA romance and it is Love from A to Z by SK Ali. I listened to it in audiobook format um, quite a while ago, actually, but it has stayed with me and I just haven't had a chance to talk about it, but I really, really loved it. So this book follows Zainab and Adam. Zainab is in her last year of high school, and she is about to go on spring vacation to visit her aunt in Qatar. The week before that, she gets suspended because. She finally decides to stand up to her extremely Islamophobic teacher, and this gets her suspended. In an act of mercy, her mom, instead of punishing her, lets her go a week early to Qatar to stay with her aunt, her very cool aunt who is an international teacher there. During this trip, Zainab decides that she is going to try to be kinder. Kinder Because her confrontation with her teacher not only got her in trouble, uh, but some of her other friends who were working to take down this teacher in a much less direct uh, and quieter way that they had been working on over time. So Zainab vows to think more carefully and do what is kind. And she is going to start doing that on this trip. Okay, switch to Adam. This is a dual narrative, which I really enjoyed. I think I like that in romances. Adam is a college student who has recently been diagnosed with MS. Now, uh, his mom passed away from MS when he was 11 years old. And so this is an extremely difficult diagnosis for him to get uh, because he knows exactly what it's like to live with MS. And his father is still grieving from his mother's loss and the difficulty of losing a partner to MS. So he feels like he absolutely can't tell his dad about the diagnosis. Adam has no idea what his future is gonna look like, so he stops going to his college courses and instead he does what what he loves, which is to make things with his hands. He makes beautiful, beautiful art with his hands and he wants to do that as much as he possibly can now because he doesn't know how long uh, he will be able to do that. Adam is also traveling. To Qatar, uh, where he grew up for most of his life because his dad also works as an international teacher. And he is going back to see his sister and his dad for the break and trying to keep the secret that he's not been going to class and that he has been diagnosed with MS. This totally counts for the travel one because their meet cute happens in the airport. They kind of like lock eyes and have this sort of like love at first sight, ooh, that person's cute, that person's cute, they get talking, and it turns out that that Adam is a Muslim, and that he actually converted uh, when he was 11 years old, and they just really hit it off, but sort of figure, okay, we're going our separate ways after this. Well, wouldn't you know it, Zainab's cool aunt is Adam's Old teacher and his mom's best friend. <laughs> so their paths cross, ag- cross again. And so the rest of the book uh, takes place over this vacation. And I'm not a huge romance reader, but I really, really loved their relationship. I find sometimes it can be hard to get into teen romances, you know, because many of us have had the experience this, that they come and go. Uh, and when there's this big, like, You're the love of my life. Uh, It can be a little bit hard to like to go with, but they have such a beautiful will they, won't they relationship um, that ultimately evolves into this like just really healthy relationship where they uh, support each other and make each other better people, which was like really nice to read. <laughs> and then of course with, they have like, they have a shared religion and sort of like expectations about an, a partner. So it seemed really reasonable that they might meet at this age and still be together, you know, like 40, 40 years mm-hmm. later, it was just delightful. The audiobook was like very soothing. And because it's one of those like realistic fictions that's just, just sort of zooms you into a period of life and has all these sort of like rich details. It was such a fun thing to just, just jump back into every time I got in the car when I was driving to work, just like, oh, I'm gonna go go be with Adam and Zaynab. <laughs> so just, just highly uh, recommend it for a sweet uh, sweet romance that has a lot of uh, depth to it. And I've also, I've heard great things about S.K. Ali's other books and am totally planning to read more of her stuff.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much Fiona. That does sound just like lovely and happy and warm and <laughs> yeah, excellent. Well, thank you to all of our panelists today for uh sharing your travel picks whether they fit our category perfectly or not. I think that they were all wonderful picks um and I hope that you will all go out and check them out our to our listeners uh thank you so much uh, for everyone for watching we will be back again next wednesday with another special episode uh where we will be recommending books to i believe it is fiona's turn <laughs> so tune in for another fun special episode all about fiona next week to see which picks of ours they selected to read very curious very very curious (laughs) all right everyone thank you again so much for tuning in and we will see you again next week bye thank you for listening if you like our show please tell a fellow book lover about it you can find a list of all the books we discussed in our show notes join us next week for another fun book chat until then keep it fictional